Welcome to the Soul Midwife Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. I'm an energy healer, a guide, a mama of four, and yes, a soul midwife. In this podcast, I offer guidance, healings, and wisdom for women who are feeling out of alignment, disconnected, and are longing to find out or to rediscover who they truly are from a deep place of wholeness. Women who are ready to step out of the culture of busy, overwhelmed, disconnection, and fragmentation, and to lead lives that feel soulful and aligned from the inside out. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about shedding the skin of your ordained personality. This is something that has come up a lot, obviously, when I work with women, and also in my own life, right? This is part of the warrior's journey, or part of the healing path, I would say. Um, And so I think I'm going to start off with a poem, actually. This is a poem that I wrote when I was just sitting with this idea of how to shed your skin, right? So what of your skin, the carefully, culturally, and yet unconsciously cultivated personality is yours? What secret corner of your inner world do you dare not explore? What mask is getting so heavy that your very soul is begging to crack through? Not knowing how much longer you can hold it together. What do you compartmentalize, stuff, hide that is rattling to escape and create to be seen? What do you awaken to at 3 a.m.? What leaves you feeling empty? What longings do you covet inside? What fills you up so instantaneously that you begin to float? What causes you to leap, to jump? for joy and transform into a wild fiber of aliveness? What thoughts do you slice, dice, and sentence to inner jail? What makes you unstoppable? Who are you deep inside without all of the ordained bullshit? What fragments that aren't yours And what are you ready to claim in declaration to your wholeness? Why do you ignore your longings? How long are you allowing yourself to silence your inner whispers? Why do you say yes when you mean no? Why do you say small when you are bursting with big? Why do you have to be liked, to be good, to be valuable, to be something outside when your inner world is screaming for exploration, for you to come home. Why do you ignore and numb? Why are you so afraid of what is on the other side of your transformation? Why do you get in your own way when you will lighten your load, shed your skin, and allow yourself to breathe? Come breathe with me. Come dance with me. Come be free with me. Let go of the fear and breathe. Shed. I think this was like the first poem that I've written since I was a kid. It is part of my shedding. 
it is part of my shedding of a hmm, of something that was put upon me when I was quite young about this idea that I was not creative, that creativity was not in my wheelhouse, and that I was not good. So this is coming from a teacher in elementary school. And for some reason, you know those things that just stick, they just stick. It stuck. It really, really stuck. And part of my own, part of my own shedding of things that are not me, fragments of my wholeness that are not mine, has been the reclamation of my own creativity of writing a poem. I did not write this poem for you all. I wrote this poem for me, but felt called to share. Because I feel like I did not write it. It wrote me. <laughs> My children have a lovely book by, hmm, who is the book by? By Maya Angelou, actually. It's a Maya Angelou children's book, and it talks about how things come through her. And um, I don't have it with me. I can't remember the name, but the idea that the pen is writing her, like her soul is speaking through the pen. And so when I wrote this poem, I felt like that was happening. And recently I've been painting and painting <laughs> is a thing that has begun to come through me when I can get out of my own way. Isn't that funny? When we get out of our own way, and it's something that I mentioned in the poem even. And so this idea of shedding the skin of your ordained personality is really, to me, the process of that death and rebirth that so many of us are so afraid to do, that we hold on so tightly. We know all of the ways, and we can point out all of the ways that we wish things would be differently. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship with a loved one or a, maybe your mom. We, we know that we would like it to be different. Maybe it's just the relationship with yourself. But we have all of the yes buts on why it cannot be that way. All of the fears, and some of them may be very solid and true. And some of them we may be creating for ourselves to keep us small, to keep us safe, right? Because that is a thing. The social, the nervous system, for some reason, the nervous system takes the information that we have as a form of safety. And when we go outside of that information, when we challenge it in some ways, it begins to feel unsafe. And that is how the nervous system is activated, right? And part of that, if you, if you really dig into the science behind it, the neuroscience behind it, the psychosocial neuroscience behind it, is because we don't get out of discomfort very often. We don't, or we don't get out of comfort very often. Our lives are designed to be comfortable. And so we don't actively seek out those, most of us, uncomfortable situations. And so our nervous system in a way does not go to those places very easily because we do not go there. And we do not go there very easily. We, keep ourselves we know that this doesn't fit but we don't and maybe we even maybe we even see a vision of what could fit better but shedding this skin seems so petrifying because it is like a death 
And again, like in our culture, we don't do death very well, right? There is not an honoring of death as a part of the life cycle. It is like this thing that we shun and we do not want to go towards. And that shows up even in the death of our, and rebirth of ourself, right? That there is something on the other side. And that yes, it might be, it might be, not always, it's not always. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the first step, but it might be hard and scary and confusing and grief-filled and it's all of the things, right? It might be all of those things that you imagine, but you know how when you imagine something, it can get so big, but once you start walking through it, it no longer feels so big. It's just you walking along the path. In fact, you start to feel more strong. You start to feel more like a warrior. You start to feel more like yourself, right? And so this idea of this ordained personality that all of us have is this thing that naturally happens. So before the age of seven, we are, our brain waves are in theta. Right, so we are basically being programmed like a computer. We are being programmed with all of that we see, with all that we hear, all of the things are programming us. So this idea this that stuck to me from this art teacher that I was really bad and not very creative, the woman was probably just having a bad day or she was just really mean. I don't know, it doesn't really matter. It stuck to me, right? And it, it, and I let it influence my life. And a lot of us do that. We let these things stick to us, things that are not ours. They could be things that are culturally put upon us. Um, it could be based on, you know, based on all sorts of different categories, based on maybe religion, maybe um, the idea of uh, what is acceptable mas for masculine and feminine? It could be, I mean, so many things. You get the, the, the picture. But it becomes this like thick skin that we wear that is our personality. Maybe someone told you, this is very, very common. Most people resonate, most women in particular resonate with the idea that our emotions, we have bad emotions and good emotions. So maybe you start to stop those that whoever deemed a bad emotion, mostly anger, rage, sometimes sadness, anything that was not happy in love and light. We, we stick it, we put it in a little box inside of us, right? And so our ordained personality is happy, bubbly, everything's all right. This is the mask we wear. This is the mask we wear at the grocery store. When someone says to you, how are you doing today? Do you say, good, but you're not really good? This is what often happens, right? This is something I do not do, and it often um, leads to very awkward situations because I don't know that the people really wanted to know how I was doing, but I answer them coherently from a heart coherence. Like, this is how I'm really feeling right now. Sometimes it sparks wicked conversations, and other times it just throws people off. Like, I don't really want to hear about your day, right? I remember when my brother passed away. I was at the grocery store and someone asked me and I just said, I'm doing horrible. My brother just died. And they were just like, what the hell do I do with this information? And it wasn't like I'm putting, I'm not putting something on them. But if someone is asking me, to me, that is actual engagement. That is actual connection. And that is actually me being true to myself. And then 
opening up the possibility for others to see that it is normal. It is normal to feel not always good. Fine. Fine is always the word that you often hear. And fine in my world means something is really yuck under, underneath, right? Um, so that, that ordained personality of I'm the good girl, I'm the one that always says yes, I'm the one that always bends over backwards, I'm, and that those personalities, they get us somewhere, right? Like they, they serve a purpose, whether we realize it or not, we might hate and love them at the same time, we might want it to go away, but we cling to it all at the same time. Just like in relationships, we might like hate the relationship, but we also cannot let the relationship go, right? rather than a third way, which is a new way, which is the shedding, the death, and the rebirth, right? It is, it is about to be fall in the Northern Hemisphere as I recorded this, and to me that is all about fall and winter. It is the beginning of the shedding. This is often for me a time when things come up in my relationship uh, with my husband. It's like we, we always start to break stuff down in the relationship, things that aren't working, that we've recognized aren't working, habit patterns that we may have. This is part of our pact as a, as a married couple. We're, we're willing to do this work. It's not always easy, but we do this work. And it often happens in the fall. Like it really gets heightened um, in the fall. And then there's like a rebirth and the relationship gets better than ever, right? But you have to go through the cave. Some meditation I did today. Uh, I saw myself in a cave, going through the cave to get through the other side. I also just wrote a, read a book called Underland by Robert McFarlane, and it is all about cave systems and being underground and what lies underground on this earth, which is freaking fascinating, but also like a metaphor for life. We don't ever look at what's underground. We often bury things underground to be hidden, but we don't look what's underneath there. And part of shedding the skin of your ordained personality is looking what's underneath and finding that some of what's underneath is not yours and it never was yours. And sometimes that can bring feelings of anger. And sometimes we need to express that and then we move through it. And when we see that and we are ready to release it, for me, I do that through meditation, shamanic journeys, um, somatic therapy, these sorts of things. And that's what I do with people. But when we're able to see, feel, express, give love to, it becomes whole. It becomes reborn. It like is like a piece of us clinking back into place, right? And we become more full inside. And that often means that we have to look at what's underneath, look at that underground, and then do some feeling work, right? That stuff that is rattling inside, rattling in the cave, in the cage that wants you to experience it, Often it comes up as when we don't listen to our innermost soul, and most of us don't, because sometimes it has, always with love, but a talking to, right, of how we are incongruent. And again, like that safety, we want to stay safe. We, want, we don't want our world to, to break down. And so often it comes through a breakdown in the body. 
And that's just like, to me, that's the body's wisdom. The body is trying to get your attention. There is no disease. There's only opportunities for healing, right? Some people might say, you might not agree with that, but for me, it's the body when it does the disease, when it shows up as inflammation, when it shows up as all of the things, it's an opportunity for us to actually do the healing, right? On a, on a much deeper level. And so that could look like, it doesn't have to look like it's in the body, it could look like it's in a relationship. It could look like it's just in a relationship with yourself. You just can no longer, you're up at 3 a.m. and all of these thoughts are going through your head and you're racing and there's this like deep knowing inside of you. There's a deep knowing that this person, if I keep being this person, it's not going to cut it. But then there's also this like outer shell, this ordained personality of like, what are all these people going to think of me if I am not this person anymore? Am I still going to be loved if I am not this person anymore? Am I still going to be, am I still going to have a job if I'm not this person anymore? Am I still going to be valued? All of these sorts of things. Am I still going to be live if I'm not this person anymore? You're not. You're going to be a new person. You're going to be reborn as someone else. And that rebirth can look very, because people on the outside are only seeing the outside and the shell. It can be very startling to them. Like you don't normally do that. Why would, why would you go do that? And, and there can be that outer whispering. And that makes you, when you're not feeling so strong on the inside, question those inner longings, right? And so it takes a very, takes it to get very strong inside. And often it takes a guide, right? Like that is why I call myself the soul midwife. I have been a midwife for, you know, well over a decade and helped walk women through the path of transformation, through the path of pain into alchemizing something new and becoming someone new. Because that is what happens when you become a mom. You don't just become a mom, you become a new person. And now mom is part of that person, right? And what is that to you? What is a mom to you, right? What was it to your mom? What is it to the culture? But what is it to you? What does it really mean to be a mom to you? How are you going to mother? Not because everyone else tells you to be a mom, but because you feel this way inside, right? And so it's about picking up those pieces, picking up those fragments, right? Sometimes it means like shattering, looking at all of the pieces and being like, yep, this is mine. Yep, this is mine. Yep, this is mine. And finding that new wholeness within. And sometimes it's piece by piece because that's life. We walk through step by step through what life. We don't skip to the end, right? And I know because I like, I my mind always wants to skip to the end. So I get that. I get that like wholeheartedly, right? But if you do not be in congruence with your heart, with your soul, if you don't try to understand that congruence, what it feels like, then you don't really feel alive. You feel like the shell. You feel like the skin at some point. You can hold it up for a really long time, some people more than others. But if you really want to move on to this next phase, this next, you could call it awakening, you could call it whatever, a becoming, you could call it a rewilding, then you really have to look at what's inside. And that can be really um, challenging for many people. First of all, you don't, maybe you don't know how to do it. And second of all, you're afraid. 
you're afraid of all of the what ifs and there's a part of you that feels secure and so sometimes that mask has to get really freaking heavy really really heavy and really just like start to self-implode and crack the breakdown right breakdown breakthrough i don't think that's how it always has to be for people but that at the moment is often how it is for people i hope that at some point culturally this becomes a part of the collective enough again because this was part of the collective we knew these transitions in life at one point our souls know and at one point we knew as a, a species as a people we did ceremonies around it we we acted it out right in real life and that is you know for like kids transitioning to puberty that's why the puberty ceremonies always had something to do with some physical thing that pushed you to your limits because the physical does again the physical emotional spiritual it's all connected and we don't have that so much anymore i mean our ceremonies our rites of passages are very superficial you know the sweet 16 party it's a party there's not much digging in deep but it's not that we're not deep anymore. <laughs> we are still deep people. We just don't know where to place it. We don't know what to do with it anymore. And so the invitation, if you are enjoying or this is speaking and stirring something in your soul is for you to begin to shed that skin. It doesn't happen all at once. Actually, my daughter has a lizard and it's shedding right now. And it has been shutting for the last, oh, at least 10 days. And I was actually, she's not here right now. And I've been watching it, which is reminding me, I forgot to turn the light on. I need to go do that, shift it to daylight. Um, <coughs> and I was getting worried because it's not eating. And it's just sitting in its cave. It's just sitting in its cave, not eating. And I was like, oh crap, am I going to kill this? lizard who's like her best friend she loves it more than anything and then i realized i checked on it and i also realized of course like they don't eat when they're shedding it is just like full all of its energy is used to become something new and it came out last night and it is it's something new its colors are totally different it's way bigger and so it's about that going in process right and so if this appeals to you, if this resonates with you, if this stirs your soul in any way, shape, or form, you can find me over at soulmidwifejulie.com. This is the work I do with women. I help hold space, hold your hand, guide you through, create those rituals, create those ceremonies. And I currently have, you know, the work I do one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm also offering a 40-day um, journey at the moment based on the gift economy model. So you can check out Soulful, it's called Soulful, uh, Soulful Journey over on my website and see what, if that piques your curiosity, what that's all about. I only have a space or two each month reserved for that. All right, everyone, it was great chatting with you. I will see you next time.